Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series, What Makes Community Work? And I talked about the importance of love and what that looks like when we enter into a biblical community. Today, I'll be joined by Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, welcome. Uh, it's good to be here, as always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, obviously, we are continuing. Well, we, we're continuing our series, What Makes Community Work. And uh, we're about almost more than halfway through, right? We got mm-hmm. two more left. And this past Sunday, I, I just talked about the, the element of love, right? And the importance of love being in a community and kind of the nuts and bolts of it, looking at John chapter 13 of of just that challenge of, of being able to see beyond, right? People's mm-hmm. brokenness and sins and being able to love them in a way that reminds them of, of what Jesus has done for them, that they're mm-hmm. clean, right? So just kind of in light of that, I want to get your thoughts uh, yeah. kind of in, in terms of uh, this topic of love, but also in the broader picture of, of community as a whole and where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like a really... Um I love the way you approached it and the way you took that passage and just just having the idea of loving people be more than just like here are the actions that communicate love but just the whole how we see people mm. which I think I think that's something that I think you're really good at hitting on with with that whole like broader picture of what love is um as I, after I kind of put together the whole series and, you know, sent it out and like, here's what everybody's speaking on. At some point I looked at it, I was like, oh dude, that one's really hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I kind of felt bad. Like, and I was actually glad I didn't have to do it because, you know, it is one of those topics that, <laughs> that, you know, is super vital. And so you can't do, you know, a community series without talking about the importance of love but it's also one of those things that's hard to say in a way that's both fresh and also like true to what, you know, to what scripture mm. says. And so I think, yeah, just the way you unpack the, the passage and emphasized. Yeah. I think just that, that, that mentality that comes with loving people and not just kind of the exterior actions. I thought was a really good approach. Mm. Um, yeah, how'd you how'd you feel about about it on Sunday? Um, yeah, overall, overall, I felt because I was I was excited to share it. You know, I I shared on Sunday that it is one of my favorite passages, and I told you earlier one of the challenges for me initially was like I've taught on this passage before. Mm-hmm. I love it. How do I do it in a cool, unique, <laughs> different way? And and I think once I was able to push beyond that and and really felt. God just saying, just trust the word, you know, like just teach what's here. Um, that freed me a lot to, mm. to really dive in there and just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing, even though I've taught on it, just seeing different things. Um, but yeah, overall, I felt, I felt good about the passage. I felt good about the sharing. Um, you know, I think at the end, I think the question is always like, it's, was it clear enough? Mm. And, and just that tension, and I think we talked about a little bit afterwards of making the case that it's easier said than done and it's hard, 
but at the same time it's doable mm, and yeah. i hope that didn't get lost in my my own sharing of like hey it is hard and i resonate with it yeah but it is doable and yeah. we're called to do it and, and just that tension right where we don't want to sound too legalistic and be like you have to do it and you, shame on you if you don't <laughs> but at the same time we don't want it to be like Nobody can do it. So, yeah. hey, you know, it's okay. Yeah. But recognizing like, no, it's hard and we fail and there's grace. But what we're called to do is to do it this way and it is doable, you know? And yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm even kind of, I don't want to say maturing in like a, an arrogant way, but even in my perspective of love, I think earlier on, I felt like you either have it or you don't. Mm. You either love someone or you don't. It's a feeling. It's, it's an inner desire to like just naturally want to care for someone. So great if you have it. If you don't, go to God, ask for help. But in the meantime, there's not really much you can do. Yeah. But the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm looking at Scripture and what God is saying, right? So much of it, yes, it is supernatural that God provides it, but so much of it is effort required and work required. Mm. Like there are steps to take. In the same way in any relationship, right? I mean, what we felt at the wedding altar with our spouses, right. we don't feel every moment <laughs> of every day. Yeah. Doesn't mean we don't love them, but in mm. certain moments when it's hard, there are steps we are willing to take to show that love, to fight for that love. Yeah. So even in a Christian community standpoint, recognizing like, hey, you know, it's not just about feelings, there are steps to take. And that's what I wanted to communicate in that, that message mm. was like, Jesus seems to demonstrate there are steps to take yeah, to show that love, to remind us of things that are true beyond what is visible, to allow faith to fuel us in how we see a person, which then fuels how we do feel about that person, which then dictates how we act towards that person. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the part that, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk more and more about it as we talk about community in just in general, but I think that was a big shift for me was like, yes, it's the heart, but there are also steps we need to take. And just kind of this suck it up yeah, <laughs> effort that needs to put into it that we're going to be imperfect at it. But in light of what Jesus has done for us, this is why we do it. Right? Yeah, 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 that's a great point. And I think I think that's something that I'm also recognizing in, in this phase of my life, too, is like you do you have to try you know and like if you don't your your automatic kind of response is going to be like i don't like this person or this person's difficult because people are yeah but you're right like as you try and and that kind of works together with with god working through us like so much can change and yeah the marriage analogy is great right because i mean at the end of the day as challenging as it as it is to look at it that way like that's what christian community is supposed to be is a kind of mirror of like the mm -hmm. closest possible relationships we have and yeah you know the idea of the church as a family like so played out now and we use that language in a way that i think is stripped of, of mm -hmm. all meaning you know yeah. but it actually is that kind of like choosing trying sucking it up mm -hmm. in the midst of all like the dirtiness and brokenness um but when you when you do that you know like good things can happen so yeah 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 but i do think that i think that that came across and um i resonate with that idea just of it's hard to find that balance between pushing people to mm -hmm. you can do it 
but also it's super hard and you know we talked about this a little bit yeah it's just i I find myself doing this all the time it's so much easier to think of examples Mm -hmm. of how it's hard um but yeah we want people to go away from it like but oh it's totally possible and it's good and yeah so yeah 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 it's tough yeah yeah because even you know when i shared that and now the story with Amber and I, and just that that argument we had, and what I was wrestling with, and, and yeah, it, it, there, I I needed twenty four hours, yeah, to kind of process it and sit with it. But that next day, like I I felt that that inner battle happening, mm. like wanting to just be upset and wanting to justify it, yeah. which I can, like I could sit all day and just do. Like this is why I'm right and this is why she's wrong. Yeah. Or choosing to see her in light of what Jesus has done, right? Yeah. Like, yes. She might have done something that had hurt me. But right now she is forgiven. Yeah. Right now she's washed clean. Right now the sins that she committed against God, against me, they've already been paid for. Mm. I gotta choose which path to go down, right? Yeah. Either that path that's informed you know that's fueled by my faith or just what i see and what i feel yeah and recognizing like at the end of the day i I just have to a choice to make yeah and at the end of the day choosing to like okay god like because i'm preaching on it too yeah i'm gonna choose to go down this path of faith and belief and amazingly it's what changes it kind of like just washed you know kind of just brushed everything away and said like in hindsight you're kind of like it wasn't that big of a deal and that that and that's the amazing thing, right? It was like, that's, that's what someone I really love. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal what, <laughs> what she did in the big scheme of things, right? And yet it was still hard, but like it was clear to me the steps to take and it was doable and I did it. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard yeah. and we're going to struggle and we're going to fail, but like we can do it and... Um, you know, I wrestle this kind of a tangent too, but I, I, you know, what's amazing is the love that a husband has for a wife, mm-hmm. right? Love each other as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can elevate that to the highest form of love and in no way what I say next is going to decrease that. Yeah. But then Jesus says, love each other as I've loved you. <laughs> so then I'm like, yeah. technically... It's the same yeah. kind of love. Now there are boundaries that you know in a marriage and how that needs to be a priority and we need to elevate it and we only have twenty four hours in a day and we gotta sleep for eight hours. Yeah. There's only so much we can do, so it's not like we can divvy it all up against everybody equally. Yeah. There's also things you can only do in marriage. There are that you some probably things. shouldn't do with other people. <laughs> but I mean, that aside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says to do this alone. Right. But like in terms of like the kind of love and, mm, and the steps yeah. to take, that's that blows my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you brought that up of just like, yeah, I mean, the marriage is, is, is a beautiful thing, but the kind of love we're called to to have towards each other, like Jesus uses the same verbiage. Yeah. 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 And that yeah, that just that blows my mind when I think about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think like kind of going back to the just kind of your process, right? Mm. And kind of with, with you and Amber. And like one of the questions I had or just 
th- things I thought we could talk about mm-hmm. was just kind of unpacking just that process for us, like in community. And so even the idea starting with like, I mean, I think we all understand abstractly the mm-hmm. idea that we're dirty, you yeah. know, and that like when we come into community, there's going to be dirt. Um, but maybe for like the person who's never been in a small group or just just very practically, mm-hmm. like what kinds of things do you think about when you think about like just dirtiness, sinfulness coming out in like in like a community setting in like a small group? Mm-hmm. Maybe what kind of things have you experienced or yeah, what do you think people would expect? Yeah, um, you know, I think I'd probably say safe to assume like when we, I mean, when we hear the word dirt and filth, we probably think worst of sins, mm-hmm. right? And practically, I don't know how much of that is going to come out initially in a biblical yeah. community. But I think over time, uh, you know, even something like quirks yeah, that are annoying mm-hmm. for us, kind of our own pet peeves of someone who does something that is, um, you know, that you might just feel like, oh, that's a little bit prideful mm-hmm. or it's a little bit selfish or that's not very thoughtful or, you know, oh, that was kind of a little offensive, what you just said. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> showing up to a potluck and not bringing a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, it could be like something small, yeah. but just things that rub us the wrong way yeah. to start with, you know. And then, hey, I think over time, whether it actually you see it visibly because they've, they've demonstrated it towards you or you just hear about stuff. You hear about stuff that happens at home or the way they handle, you know, a financial decision or a marital thing or how they parent their kids. You know, I think that's where you're going to see like just different kind of struggles and weaknesses come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, like, I think it's inevitable, right? Yeah. That you're going to either see it directly and be impacted by it directly or in the context of sharing, they're going to share about it. And in the case where they're not like fully like repentant of it, mm. there's a, there's that tendency of like, oh, that's dirt that hasn't been addressed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if they come out and they're like, hey, I struggle with this, and I'm so oh, I hate myself about it, and I, and I need forgiveness. And can you pray for me? I think that's the kind of dirt that it's easy to show grace. Yeah. But when we see it, and it's presented in a way where it's like they don't even recognize it's dirty or. They don't yeah. even recognize that's wrong or they yeah. don't even recognize that's hurtful. Now we're, we're posed with the challenge. Of yeah. Like, okay. What do we do with this? Yeah. So do you think then that like the, the largest issue for, for most people with like others dirtiness is like not necessarily, I don't know. Do you think it, the larger issue is how it impacts us? Or like our desire to like fix people, or is it just is it just both? Um, I think it definitely could be both. I, I would say, and I mean, this is me opinion, right? Is I think the ones that bother us the most are the ones that affect us kind of directly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So because somehow it, it affects us, we feel a desire to respond to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the picture I have is somebody walking in with dirty shoes in your house <laughs> yeah. versus someone else's house. Yeah. You know, like you'd still be bothered either way. But I think when you feel that against you and mm. and it could be directly towards you or it could just bring up stuff that's in you. Right. So 
somebody who's um, maybe very rash in how they say things, very blunt. Yeah. You know, that might just bring up something in us yeah. of past relationships where people were hurtful with words. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's that emotional response back mm. that we're feeling. Yeah. That make it hard to love. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, in one way or another, the dirt of others ends up reflecting or, or just kind of exposing our own dirt, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, whether it's just like past experience or I don't know about you, but a lot of times I think the things that bother me most in other people are things that I see in myself Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it, it just hits you in a certain way. And there's kind of just like an emotional reaction. That's not like, it's not conscious and it's not something that you think mm. through. It's just like, Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. And, but I think that's a great point that you bring up that I think a lot of times it's not, it's not the worst stuff about people as much as like, I feel like if you read that passage or you just thought about it, like, Oh yeah, I think I would accept the worst in someone. But in reality, what that passage is challenging us to do is accept, the simple things that like mm. the annoying things, you know, yeah. that the, the, whatever like you, you see. Th- yeah. Visible, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, um, people struggle with the most in small groups. And one of the reasons why people don't like small groups, but maybe don't realize how unloving that is because mm. they're willing to do like, well, if somebody confessed to me that they mm. did this awful thing, I would love them. Yeah. Or if somebody was short on money, I would, I would give them money. Yeah. But if they make a joke that's not funny and they just offend me, then I'm never going to forgive them yeah. or I'm going to just hold that against them forever mm-hmm. and not really recognize how connected those things are Yeah, and how vital it is to love people in that kind of in-between. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is a, a great point. Yeah, and I think too, sometimes, right, we we view love as the withholding of hate Mm, yeah you know love is the absence of hate right so somebody does something that's annoying they rub us the wrong way and we don't retaliate because (laughs) we love them yeah right so we just don't say anything like well i don't i don't i just kind of just keep my quiet mouth shut i just keep my distance and that's how i love right Mm -hmm. and i think jesus washing feet is it's it's not just the absence of condemning dirty feet. Yeah. Like he just doesn't be like, Well, your feet are dirty, but I won't condemn you. Yeah. He actually goes and, and serves them and washes it for them, right? So that kind of next step. It's it's one thing to withhold the dislike. Yeah. It's another thing to actually go and show favor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I see the brokenness. Yeah. And I still want to go and bless you somehow. Yeah. Make you feel special, loved, accepted. Mm. And that's the part that's, you know, even harder when it's those small little quirks. Yeah. That kind of rub us the wrong way, right? When Whereas it's like a, a sin that is kind of blatantly obvious that 99% of people will agree it's a sin and the person is broken when they share it. Yeah. I think it's easier in those moments to come alongside them and encourage them and affirm them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the the little ones mm-hmm. that they don't even recognize maybe that yeah. kind of just irk us, those are the ones sometimes it's harder, you know? Yeah. It's like, like <laughs> I don't want to go make that person <laughs> feel better. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, so then <clears throat> I think that like kind of leads me into the next question. Yeah. Is like, so what does that 
look like very practically, right? Because, I mean, there is something too, right? Like if if someone's kind of sinfulness or dirtiness is kind of this, like, you know, for lack of a better term, smaller issue, what's kind of an appropriate response, right? Because there is, I mean, there's a time and place to literally go up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm like, I still love you or I, I mm-hmm. you know, you're important to me and but I'm guessing, right, that there's probably ways that you would kind of want to match the level of intensity. So yeah. maybe what are some other practical ways, maybe maybe smaller ways that we can kind of meet those that dirtiness with, you know, with love. Yeah. Not that love should be small, but you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I love that idea of what you said. Like, we want to match the intensity, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of times because like you mentioned we're responding to additional stuff that's in us. Our mm. response to brokenness and sin, a lot of times, especially like the quote unquote smaller ones, yeah, it's it's not matched. We actually have we're coming more with more intensity than the actual sin that's committed, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the part where you know those steps in terms of applying the gospel to the situation, right? So that's the challenge, right? Is yeah. like, okay, let's use an analogy. Say you lied to me mm-hmm. and I, I know you lied based on whatever, right? Like initially there's going to be a wealth of emotion that can stir up in me, especially if I have trust issues, right? Right. And it's like, Brandon needs to know that he, that lying is wrong. Yeah. And he needs to know that he shouldn't lie to me, right? Yeah. And you begin to like layer those things. So now right. when I come and address that, I'm coming with tons of built up stuff that I want to address yeah. and inflict on you, right? Yeah. And I think like love is taking those steps of, okay, Brandon committed a sin and sin is hurtful, right? Sin is ultimately destructive. Sin is wrong, all those things. Yeah. But if I can begin to process through and say, you know what, though, but that sin that he committed against me, like Jesus paid for that. Mm. So the need to punish, that's been paid for, mm. right? His debt before God, like, that's also been paid for too. So God yeah. is not hovering over Brandon, demanding some kind of debt. Right. He's a son to God, right? You're a son to God that's pleasing. God is a proud father to you. Um, you're imperfect, right? just like everyone else. Right? Mm. But maybe lying is a problem. So now all of a sudden, God is beginning to disarm me yeah. with a lot of the fuel that I'm coming out towards you. Like the need to punish is no longer there. Yeah. So what is my motive then? Yeah. The only motive I'm left now with is the desire to help, right? The desire to help because I believe it's it's helpful to, to not sin. Right. And also with the desire to affirm you because of who you are right like right. to go okay once i point out the sin of lying to be able to remind him that he shouldn't feel guilty about it he shouldn't feel less of a son because he's not less of a son yeah and if he's not less of a son then you're not less of a brother yeah yeah right so i think now the intensity in light of the gospel it's matched yeah. because now i can just address lying yeah and I'm coming to you as a brother. I'm coming to you with no need for retribution, just coming with a desire to help. 
Yeah. Right. I think that's why Paul says in first Corinthians, right. 12, 13, just the idea of like, without love, like I'm just a resounding gong. Right. right. So no matter what I say to you, it's not going to be helpful. Right. But if I can come with you with that attitude, now I can, we can actually begin to per- perhaps process that sin. Yeah. Now say you go, I'm not a liar. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just another, that could technically be another sin that's already been paid for, <laughs> right? Yeah. And just go, okay, well, he's not ready to talk about it. It's not my job to convict you, Yeah. right? Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Mm. But I can just bring it up and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about it as a brother, address you because I feel it would be helpful. Yeah. But I think what changes eventually is the emotion that changes. Yeah. So yeah. the steps on the outside might actually look the same. Yeah. You lie against me. I address it. Yeah. Right, but I think the processing of that in light of the gospel, based on John thirteen and other passages like that, yeah, kind of show us the steps that we can take to basically we're just applying the gospel to every situation, yeah, right? yeah. And that's if you're a believer. And I think as a non-believer, it, addressing a non-believer, it, it's similar in a sense that that non-believer would just be one faith decision away. Mm from being clean and forgiven. Right. And ultimately what's going to deal with that sin that's even been committed against me is not my ability to pay you back. Right. It's going to be the ability for Jesus to step in yeah. and pay for that address. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it's a great way of like walking through just this whole process. What about like, so what about the idea of like, the importance of like love within this model of kind of mm-hmm. reminding people that they're clean kind of outside of the spectrum of like just blatant sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's like definitely that part of, yeah. of community is like, look, people, yeah. From just being weird or annoying to being totally, you know, wrong. And yeah. areas we have to love them. But I imagine right within this model, you'd, you'd want to love people just within, you know, the context of just who they are and what they're going through and just normal life issues. And so, yeah. Are there practical things you would say that that would be meaningful? Um, yeah. For doing that, you know, in those areas. Yeah. Uh, I always say easier said than done. Right. And I think this would apply to this as well is, you know, I, for me, I ask, I just asked that simple question. Like, how does God see this person right now? Mm-hmm. Right. How does he feel about this person right now? Mm-hmm. So this is where your theology, our own knowledge of God intellectually, experientially is going to come into play. Yeah. But that's, that's the goal is yeah. for me to match that. Yeah. Right. Because technically if that's how God sees that person or how he feels about that person in light of that sin. Right. So as a Christian, like sin is, you know, God does, we know God hates sin, but we know that God has paid for it. So how does God see this person? How does he feel about this person? I'm called to do the same. Yeah. So any discrepancy is on me. Mm. Right. And just to be able to make that distinction is really helpful. Yeah. Because a lot of times the discrepancy, we don't even know there's a discrepancy, but a lot of times we just put all the negative emotions we're feeling and we just attribute it, it's because of that person. Yeah. It's because yeah. of that sin. Yeah. And because God hates sin, that's why I should too. Right. But when we apply the gospel and really wrestling with, well, what what does God actually see? What is he actually feeling towards this person? You know, maybe yeah. a combination of love, but then maybe there's hurt or maybe there's grief. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like 
in theory, that's how we should feel mm. as God's people towards that person. Now, do we ever get there where we match it 100%? Like, probably not, right? Yeah. Especially, you know, in most cases where we're affected by that. Yeah. But just being able to make that distinction of like, but that discrepancy, that's on me. Yeah. And that's something like, okay, God, you got to help me with, right? So even when, you know, I'm having that argument with Amber, I know right from the beginning there's a discrepancy. Yeah. But what I just let myself do is just like, God, I just need to sit with this for a little. <laughs> but just knowing that yeah. is a big thing. Yeah. Right? Of like, okay, like, I know I shouldn't be feeling this. Yeah. But like, right now, like, I'm just going to let myself, or it's hard, I'm struggling. But there's a big difference between I'm struggling and God, you need to help me versus like, well, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah you just yeah. need to fix that person. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that answered the question, but I think yeah. kind of walking through those kind of answering those questions, mm. walking through those steps can definitely, I think, help a lot. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Just in terms of processing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. On the like, uber uber practical level what are like two or three like just relational practices mm. that you would say work on these things you know in addition to obviously like how you see people and yeah just that all that internal stuff mm. that's happening but here are three things that if you can do these in your relationships this is going to come in handy as you you're trying to you know do this whole other process yeah just real practical. Kind yeah, of, right? yeah. Um, I think asking questions. Mm. Genuinely just asking questions early on, not investigatively kind of questions, but I think the more we understand the other person, yeah, the more we empathize with them, mm. the more compassionate we feel, just yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think when we are, uh, to be able to sit, I would say sit face to face, spend time with the person, ask questions, get to know the person, try to put yourself in their shoes, kind of walk their life. Uh, you know, in, to enjoy that, you know, just kind of have that sense of curiosity, that sense of awe of like, this is a, another human being. Yeah. You know, one of God's masterpieces, right? Yeah. Like, his most precious value creation. Like, I just want to know it the same way we go out to nature and, and see a beautiful mountain or an ocean yeah. And we're saying his people is his most precious creation. So yeah. just, I think that goes a long way. Mm, the more yeah. you understand someone, the chances are the, the more sympathetic you are yeah. when you see they're not perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. When The less we know someone, the easier it is to, to rush to a judgment. Yeah. So I, I would just say that would be a, a real simple one is not just getting to know, but trying to like put yourself in their life and just understand yeah. Right. So you're not going to try to justify something that's wrong, but I think it's easier to feel compassionate when we are able to kind of spend some time in their shoes yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And go, okay, like I, I might not agree with it. I might not personally like it, but I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. I feel like so much of the time when we're frustrated or unloving towards people, we're operating with so little information, you know, and mm. we end up filling in the information with the worst possible reason why someone could do something or kind of using our own biases to say, well, it must be this or it must be that. And 
in general, like obviously people do bad things for bad reasons. But I do think the more you you get into the nitty gritty and understand where people are coming from, it's like most people do stuff for the same reasons we do stuff. And it's, you know, and it's coming from places that are, again, I think we would feel more compassionate about if if we if we knew those things. Yeah. So. That's a great answer on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it brings up, you know, because we just your last week's message on authenticity. Right. Yeah. And one of the key points you made was how the Bible never tells us to be authentic. Mm. It tells us to create spaces where other people can be authentic. Yeah. And that's something where that I think what I just said comes into play. Right. Because yeah. if we come in with the motive, like I'm just going to be me. Mm-hmm. What we're actually doing is we're not taking the time to get to know others yeah right and there's nothing it's not wrong to say i'm gonna be me but when the motive is like i want to get to know you yeah i want to grow to understand you and love you what we're doing is we're creating a place where now people can be authentic like you said yeah right and when they share the chance that we are going to be more compassionate sympathetic loving because we've time, taken the time to get to know them. Yeah. And then vice versa. We step in a group and they're surrounded by six or seven people who generally want to know us. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, we're mm-hmm. going to be probably more authentic, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it, it goes hand in hand with everything you talked about last week. And it, it's kind of both. And, and I didn't bring it up in the passage, you know, but um, this week, but to love people, to wash each other's feet, only works with authenticity <laughs> yeah right you know like i one of the coolest parts was like when jesus says to wash one another's feet what he's also saying is let other people wash your feet yeah like it's both yeah like we can't wash nobody's feet <laughs> if no one's letting us wash their yeah. feet right we all keep our shoes on yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. that's it i think that also goes really hand in hand with what you talked about in the message about like just the idea of like being affirming saying i love you and i feel like you know, I think that's a great example of a of a super practical practice mm. that just helps people feel loved, helps people just have a deeper sense of, of who they are. And I think that's something that, I don't know, my sense is like, I feel like people want to do that more, but it's like scary. Mm-hmm. And until other people start doing it, yeah, no one wants to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's sometimes in a group, if you have a really affirming, encouraging person, that person can literally change the whole culture where it's not weird to say I love you or to be really positive. Yeah. And so I think in a lot of groups, it's just a matter of like starting that process mm-hmm. and, and making it normal to say nice things about yeah. each other. Because I don't know, you're always like, well, I don't want to be the weird one who's always complimenting everybody else but no one ever no one else ever does it and yeah. do they think i'm weird and am i being weird and yeah but once you kind of break through that seal i think that's really important mm-hmm. both for communicating love and identity and also creating authenticity is like well there's a real sense of like yeah people people see me for more than just the the bad stuff but yeah. it's like okay mm-hmm. people are recognizing the parts of me that I, that I want to be seen for. You yeah. Know? And so you're right. Those two things just go so hand mm-hmm. in hand. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great point that you made of. And I do think, right, majority of people, they're in a group. They want to love. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, we know it, it. it's it's a command. It's a value. We're trying our hardest. And I think a lot of times that, that barrier that kind of caps us 
is not necessarily an absence of love, but it's what you're saying. It's just that fear mm-hmm. of stepping into something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And just being able to over, be willing to over communicate it. You know, yeah. if you're not sure over communicate just how much you care about someone, yeah. love someone, you know, and, and look, we're not affirming any kind of wrongdoing yeah. by telling someone you love them. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe sometimes we, we, we're afraid, right? Hey, if I just love this person, they're going to think it's okay what, what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? And if you're not sure you can do both, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't fully agree with what you're doing. Yeah. But I love you. Yeah. You yeah. know, and being able to say that and, you know, right after service, Ed Gohada just walked up to me and was like, hey, Eric, I love you. Mm. Right. And, yeah. you know, obviously I just spoke on it. I did it. But he wasn't saying it just for that. He just said it. And it was weird. That's Even awesome. though I just talked about it. Yeah. It kind of, it caught me off guard. But then it like, it blessed me. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to hear those words. And, and like you're saying, I mean, what would it look like? You know, we're, wherever, wherever our comfort level is now. Yeah. Start there. And what would it look like to just take one step up? Yeah. Yeah. Know, to, to, to communicate love. That's so cool. Yeah. After my message on, not on authenticity, the other one, the purpose one. And I just shared some kind of insecurity stuff. Um, Daryl, I came up to me. It was just like, Hey man, I, I just want to give you a hug. Mm. And you know, like little, like things like yeah. that where it's, it's super intentional. And I'm, I'm sure like that wasn't the easiest thing for him to do, but it's like, yeah. Oh man, that, that meant a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and something as simple as that, that you wouldn't normally do after a sermon or you might not normally do in most relationships, but like those kind of things can carry a lot of weight. Yeah. And so I think there's like, not only is there people who like want to do it, but are scared to, but it's also like, there's a whole segment of people who want to love, but just don't know how. Yeah. Like they've never had affirming communication modeled for them. They've mm-hmm. never had, you know, affectionate touch model you know any of that kind of stuff and so it's it's also the process of modeling for people who who need that modeled for them Mm. and so it's also kind of teaching and again creating that culture where people can learn how to love in a safe environment and see it happening very Mm -hmm. practically um so yeah i I, it's kind of a cool little picture of it developing we just gotta start (laughs) yeah well we got something real excited planned for the spring Mm -hmm. maybe in that time (laughs) we can work some of that stuff in (laughs) all right (laughs) well i want you know i wanted um a few weeks ago um yvonne submitted a question uh through our app and uh, we didn't get to we actually missed it we didn't see it sorry about that yvonne but i think it applies to both authenticity and this topic of love. Mm. So I'll go and read that question now and then we can both respond to that Mm -hmm. and I think it'll be applicable to today. Uh, The question is, um, the verse Brandon shared, which I don't remember what it is. (laughs) I'm not sure if you will either. But the verse Brandon shared included speaking the truth in love, which is generally difficult. I often feel like people feel personally attacked if you try to speak difficult things into their life. And it has definitely caused tension in previous small groups. Mm. I've even had to practice in advance what I plan to tell them to ensure that my wording and tone convey that I care about them and don't want them to suffer from their sin, but it can still backfire. Mm. How do we foster a culture that can speak and receive the truth and love? Mm. That's a really good question. I do remember that was from like the, the purpose message on mm. Ephesians four. Um, you know, I mean, I, th- on one hand, I would say 
I, I studied that passage in depth for a sermon two or three years ago. And the conclusion that I came to was that the our whole concept of speaking the truth in love is a little bit of a misrepresentation of what that passage is about. Um, and so not to say that the principle Yvonne is talking about isn't valid. Can you refresh us on the passage? Yeah, so it's the Ephesians, it's the whole... Um, you know, you know, Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, and mm. so that we would all grow into the fullness of Christ and, you know, each part doing its work, I see, yeah, you yeah. know, speaking the truth in love will grow towards um, Christ likeness and just this whole process of growing in community. Um, but what I, what I found in that passage, and I won't go into too much depth is kind of the contrast from truth in that, um, passages kind of this idea of like just the winds and the waves of false teaching and scheming and so when paul talks about speaking the truth in love i don't think he's saying telling people about their sin i think he's saying exactly what you said in this message it's reminding people of the truth of the gospel the truth of who they are and helping people to recognize what's real in life and so you know that tangentially includes dealing with sin mm-hmm. but the bigger picture when we talk about this principle of speaking truth and love is communicating the reality of you know of the gospel to each other um so that's on one hand i just i just want to yeah, throw that out that's there because really helpful. i do think that that phrase kind of with that background i think gives us a different perspective towards that calling to do that because mm-hmm. We do have to help each other address sin. Yvonne is totally right. Yeah. But it comes with it in this larger context of, again, what you're saying is that the priority in what we're communicating is, you know, is, is, is who people are. And so my, I don't have a great answer to that question other than to say, if people are reacting badly, that tells me that maybe that primary truth hasn't been communicated enough yet. Like thinking about kind of a relationship as a as a piece of fruit on the vine or a tomato on the vine, whatever. Do fruit grow on vine? Anyway, a piece of fruit. <laughs> and like there's a certain ripeness required before you can, you know, you can call out sin or, or, or kind of bring up sin in a way that um, is going to be received well. And the way to kind of produce that ripening is to speak the truth of the gospel and love over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So there isn't as isn't that doubt about, you know, how you feel about them, how God feels about them. And I do think, you know, as as that relationship develops, you know, to to ask permission, mm-hmm. like, hey, is it okay for me? to you know address yeah. some sin in your life and if the answer is no then then to wait mm-hmm. and you know if somebody doesn't want to hear that and isn't ready to hear that then maybe allow them some space and, and tell them look like I, I think it's important i think this is something like that would really help you i love you but when you're ready let's talk about it and to be just really certain that 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 you have that trust with that person that they're ready to hear that before maybe kind of sharing that. Um, I think that that might be helpful. Yeah. 
No, I think that's really helpful. And I think you answered that uh, great. Um, where, yeah, I think there's always a situation where there may be a situation where everything gets communicated right and the person still gets offended. Yeah. And, and that that's unfortunately the risk that we sometimes take, you know, so in no ways are we saying that what happened, you know, Yvonne, you did anything wrong. Right, it's always yeah. a risk. But I, I really I agree with what you're saying, Brandon, where I always feel like there is a difference between what we say and what we communicate. Mm-hmm. Right. So just like you said, you, we want to be very intentional in terms of making sure that we say and communicate exactly what we want to say and what we want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way a lot of times when people go, well, where do you balance, you know, you know, truth and, and love or truth and grace? And it, when does it come time to speak the truth? And I always respond the way you did is I, you can speak the truth whenever you want, but you just got to speak the whole truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, we don't get to just partially pick what truth we want to communicate. Yeah. And I know I'm not saying you got to quote the entire Bible every single time you bring something up, but yeah. that's ultimately the, the question, right? Is like, are we communicating the, the specific truth we want to in con- in context of the larger truth? Yeah, right. right? And like, and I love what you pointed out, Brandon, that it's, it's both. I've communicated to you that God loves you. I'm not just saying it, but I've communicated it. Yeah. And you know I've communicated it. And I've communicated that I love you. Yeah. Right. And that's a hard one. Right. Because I think a lot of times we just talked about why it's so hard to even love someone yet not fully be able to communicate it, how things get lost in translation. So to be able to communicate that, that I do love you, that you know that. Yeah. And then we want to address the sin, but discerning where in that process we are. Right. Yeah. Like the fruit analogy. And I think, yeah, I think that's where a lot of the, the wisdom discernment is going to come into play. Yeah. Uh, so Yvonne, no way are we saying that your past situations, you made a mistake. That that could always happen even if you do everything right. Yeah. But in general, to your general question, I think what Brandon's laying out, what we're saying is, you know, being able to communicate truth from a larger perspective, that's ultimately our challenge. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, great yeah. question. Yeah, even very practically, it's just like, Make sure you know you have permission, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, there are certain relationships where, you know, like I know I have permission with my wife, with my best friend. But if I was like, just literally asking, like, like I said, do I have your permission to speak this into your life? Um, yeah, I think I think that's a really simple, practical thing mm-hmm. to, to help. Yeah. 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 And I think sometimes it's. Sometimes the hardest thing, right, is when somebody is struggling mm-hmm. uh, with sin, you know, they're hurting people around them, they're hurting themselves, and they don't want you to help. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to speak into it. And, you know, in those situations, uh, that's really hard. Sometimes it's even harder than when they're willing to argue with you yeah. about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think in those times, the, the call is still the same, right, where, mm-hmm. you know, God loves us and forgives us for sins we're aware about and sins we're not aware about, Yeah, right? And to be able to do that in those situations, um, you know, I think that's going to get tested when you're in a small group setting and, yeah. and you're going to have individuals in your group who just aren't ready to talk about it and they don't want to. Yeah. And for us to look beyond that, right? So we're not discounting it. We're not dismissing it. Mm-hmm. But to say, okay, like we're waiting for this fruit to ripen. Yeah. You know, yeah, God's exactly. timing by the Holy Spirit. And um, it's so it's so hard. But at the same time, I think that's what it means for us to grow. Yeah. Like our ability to do that 
is the maturity. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, relationally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for asking those questions and let me talk another 45 minutes after preaching. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but anything? No, no, no. Wanna yeah, that, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for uh, joining me on this. And um, yeah, I always look forward to our time together. We hope that it's uh, helpful to, to those who are listening uh, to the podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>